This is Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 61. Booyah! (laughs) Glad you're with us. Thomas Miller here. We're going to have a good talk today about resistance. You know, this kind of just opens up and I talk about what's going on around here because figured if uh, things happen to me, they happen to you too. And so we might as well just use this as a springboard. This is not so it's to talk about, you know, about myself, but it's just... It's just a springboard. It's like, here's a life being lived out in the world. I'm struggling with exactly the same things you are, and things show up here, and I try to go out and find solutions for them and and try to work through it as best possible and then figure, well, you know, I would imagine this could benefit other people. And so that's why this podcast started almost two years ago now and a little bit of housekeeping that uh, we have turned over a significant number of downloads. We crossed the 100,000 mark this past week, in uh, actually in late February of 2015, and uh, it was the biggest month of any listenership. So thank you, number one. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for telling other people about the podcast. And I wanted to just remind you of the Fred Dodson audiobook trilogy. I was listening to levels of energy myself while I was driving around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, snowed today, and I got out in the Jeep and drove around a little bit this afternoon to a meeting and uh, just figured while I was driving I would listen to Levels of Energy because there were some things in there that I wanted to hear. And um, so the audiobooks, um, Reality Creation Technique, Parallel Universes of Self, and Levels of Energy, written by the incomparable Fred Dodson and narrated by Thomas Miller. They are available on iTunes, or if you uh, check out the website, subconsciousmindmastery.com, there's a link, I think, that's right up at the top there, or at least it's on the posts. If you click on a podcast, it shows up where you can click to Audible. I'm sorry, did I say Amazon? Audible. Audible Audible.com is where the audiobooks are. You can buy Fred's books from Amazon.com, and I would certainly encourage you to do that. If you really want a deep dive, you'll buy both, and you'll listen while you're reading. That's the best way for your brain to retain information. Or you might scramble it up. You might read the book, listen to the audio book, read the book. I've uh, had listeners tell me that they've done that as well. But, of course, the uh, beauty of the audio book is you can kind of take it with you anywhere, and when you're doing something where headphones are appropriate, you can digest this information, and it is. It's something that the more you absorb it, the more it becomes ingrained, and the more you start to put it to work. We are also working on some exciting new things that are going to be introduced around here soon, trying to put some things together that I think will benefit you, and we'll have that uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks, at least uh, soon, coming soon. And we'll, we'll tell you more when that's available. And also one other thing, if you would just not mind doing this for me, it would be a big help. If you would go to iTunes and put a review up there about the podcasts, if this has meant something to you, the iTunes rankings kind of work off of um, one thing is the number of subscribers. So if you are not subscribed to the podcasts on iTunes, all that does is it just puts it in your podcast library, but it also helps the web, the the, uh, podcast itself. And then if you'll write a quick review, that would be a big help as well. I'd appreciate it. All right, let's dive in here. You remember the kind of the theme that I thought would be really cool to hang out and practice and really get down good for 2015? Intuition, intention, and resistance. The two I's and an R, I-I-R, intuition, intention, resistance. Now, if you subscribe to that, don't you think 
that the universe is going to test you in those areas. Of course it is. You'd never set an intention that things don't come along to test you in that area or somewhere near that area. So, certainly, I got a triple whammy. I got a triple shot this week. I got all three happening, three tests in that area, kind of all in one package. And I'll tell you where it came from is the week between Christmas and New Year, I spent that in Sedona, Arizona. And I think it was the day after Christmas. It was before New Year's by at least a few days. I went to a place, one of the vortexes, one of the energy vortexes in Sedona is just south of town, and it's called Bell Rock. It's because this sandstone rock is kind of in the shape of a bell and has a little little rock up on top that looks like kind of like the handle on the bell. And... It was a wonderful energy to meditate in. Sat up there for probably, I don't know, two hours on a sunrise. And part of what I worked on up there were my intentions for 2015. So I would formulate some thought around that and then just set it aside and meditate on it for a little bit. And then just enjoy the energy of being in that special, special place. I mean, an energy that is hard to replicate anyplace else. And that's why people travel 3 million visitors every summer, I think, go to Sedona for that energy is to just sit in those places. And one of the things that uh, that came to me while I was in that state and in that place was the intentions that I wrote out there in that session would come about in 2015, that they would fulfill. So I thought, okay, cool. So I wrote down and ended up with eight things that I came up with. And then in Sedonia, you'll see pictures of these uh, all over the places. They build these little, they call them Karen. It's the little rock pile. You take the basically round rocks and you stack them one on top of each other. Well, they put them in the in the juniper trees around these vortexes. And you can tell where the Sedona vortexes are because the juniper trees are twisted mostly, not always, but mostly in a counterclockwise uh, twisting of these juniper trees. And you'll see people have put rocks in the trees. So for the eight things that I intended, I found rocks and put them in the juniper tree. And then I took a picture of it. So I've got the picture of my eight things, my eight rocks in this juniper tree that is at the Bell Rock Vortex south of Sedona. And I put them in there pretty good. I put the rocks in there pretty good. I imagine the rocks are still in that tree. Well, wouldn't you imagine that several of the things that I intended would cause disruptions in my current situation because I was stretching for more. I was intending more freedom, more income, more influence, and that wasn't going to happen status quo. I mean, it's been a good year. It's been a great year. I've had more fun this year, built this incredible studio that I'm talking to you from, and been on the radio and done all this incredible stuff that's just been a jazz but I, I, I raised the bar, and I raised the bar significantly, and it was not in the scope of what I'm doing now. So when you set an intention, you're going to get some testing of that intention. And then if you set an intention that is beyond your current situation, then something has to change. And a lot of times we resist the change. And wouldn't you know that already several things that were not so disruptive that I wrote down up on the Bell Rock Vortex under the juniper tree, that several things have already started to unfold and started really within a couple of weeks of getting back home. I mean, I'm talking check stuff off. Check I've, I've checked 
almost one whole thing of the eight off already, and it's not even at the end of uh, February as I'm recording this. Boom. Done. Thank you. Well, this past week, the universe created what was a huge blessing, but it caused me angst because it was around some things in my employment changed this week. But in a way that opened up for me more time, more freedom to begin developing what my number one intention was for 2015. So what was my natural response? Resistance. Because it pricked my comfort zone. And that's the thing is we want something bigger and better, but we don't want things disrupted. And here's the deal. For what I set as that intention, things had to change. My current reality would not support the new intention. So here's the universe working it out so that I have time now to go focus and create my reality, supporting me in it, and I'm kicking and screaming. You know, when I finally got to that point, tears welled up because I really felt so bad. I I saw the blessing, and then I just saw my immediate response of getting out of the comfort zone was I was was just resisting it. And isn't that often what we do? Well, this had me do some, some of my own homework this week and reviewing material on releasing and resisting. And I came across a couple of things that I thought would be worth sharing with you. Two things, really, both sets of uh, four questions, simple questions that you can ask yourself. Now, one of these is a program that you can buy into, but honestly, I mean, I really don't think that you have to, but they built a $400 product around this. And while I'm sure that there is tremendous value in that, I've not bought the product or listened to it, but if you just follow these questions from the standpoint of our little intention, intuition, lack of resistance, so we're eliminating resistance, then you can use these tools and just in that context. So when you set an intention and the universe starts to push you in that direction or even pull you in that direction, the resistance comes up. You can be thinking about these and hopefully they'll trigger. So if you use this material, then you can just dissolve it pretty quick in the moment. All right. The The two things that I was searching and wanted to tell you about, one, ironically, is called the Sedona Method. The Sedona Method was developed some years ago by a gentleman by the name of Lester Levinson, who basically mastered manifesting, created some wealth for himself, so the point that he didn't have to the point where he didn't have to work, moved to Sedona, and then started teaching basically his life lessons. And people came along afterwards and summarized what he taught, basically summarized it into four questions. And because it was tied to his living in Sedona, I guess, is where the Sedona method came from. So, and these are widely published. I mean, this is all on the internet. You can search this all over the place and see all of this. People have written about it. People talk about it. There's a book you can buy. Or like you said, you can buy a $400 course, whichever you'd like to level you'd participate in. Or you can just capture it from this podcast and and start implementing it right now. Question number one is, so when you have that challenge, so for me, job changes, create some uncertainty. So question number one, can you can you welcome and accept this emotion right now? 
Well, okay, let's let's back up. So what what emotion? Well, fear, obviously, uncertainty, unease, nervous about what the future holds, etc. So when you get that emotion, the first question, can you welcome and accept this emotion right now? And again, the purpose of this, this is just for you and this you don't have to answer yes. If you get if you're at the point where you say, "No, I cannot accept this emotion right now." And that's the honest answer. Then that's where you are. You're bringing consciousness to it. You're putting it in the light. You're exposing it. You're bringing it up and out. But you don't have to, you know, be like a good little Sunday school child and answer yes. The point is here is exposing it for what it is. But let's say in that situation, anger, nervousness, upset, frustrated, whatever it is, can you welcome and accept the emotion right now? So when you think about, can I welcome it? Well, what benefit does this give you? Because if you're looking at life through that lens, that the universe is always trying to act for your good, and if you're drawing and attracting good things into your life, then when a challenge, when a bump hits, then you you, you stop and think, well, there's opportunity on the other side of this. So when you frame it up that way, then, yeah, it gets a lot easier to say, yes, I can welcome this, actually. And then the second part of the question, can you accept the emotion? Can you just let it be? You don't have to like it necessarily, but can you just accept that it's there? Now, the second question then is, could I let this go? Could I let this feeling go? Now, again, notice the verbiage, could I? It's not saying, are you ready to yet? It's saying, could you, could, do you have the ability to let it go? And you know what this question really kind of boils everything back down to? <laughs> it, really, it really strips away your ability to, to be and stay pissed off. Because we all have the capacity to release emotions. It's a choice. You have the choice to still be upset or you have the choice to release the upset. You have the choice to be mad at another person or a situation, or you have the choice to release it. But I'll tell you, when you're all up in it, the answer again to question number two, could I let this go, might be right now, no. You might have to just let it stew for a while. You might have to, I don't know, whatever you do, you might have to go hit a punching bag for a while, or go work out at the gym, or go walk around the block, or Go do whatever is healthy that you do to process these emotions. And this will also somewhat lead to your ability, your growth ability. So I know there was a time in my life, there was definitely a distinct time in my life when the answer to that question would have been no. I was so deep in it that I would not have had the ability. If somebody confronted me right there in that moment and said, could you let this go right now? And I was completely honest. The answer would have been no. Now, I, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to set myself up for a test here, so I'm excluding this universe, please. But um, I don't know that there would be a point. Now, there would be a, an initial reaction, but having dealt with that reaction now, I don't know that there wouldn't be a point where I would have to say, no, I can't. I think the answer would always for me now would be, could I let this go? Yes. The next question is the gripper. Would I let this go? Now we got the semantics down. We've asked ourselves, could you? Well, yes. Would you? 
Hell no. And that's where I found myself this week. I wanted to stay upset. I wanted to wallow in the mire. I wanted to have my little pity party. While the universe is over here handing me a blessing on a freaking silver platter. So that's why it was so beautiful to find these questions. Would I let it go? Now, here's where the mirror technique can come in really handy. If you're at this point and you're all up in something, ask yourself these questions in the mirror. And that's what I did. I got up and I went in the bathroom because I knew this was key to my freedom and to letting it go. So I went in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I said, would you let this go? And looking myself eyeball to eyeball, the answer had to be yes. And then question number four, when will you let this go? Now, that one gets us because we might say, oh, yes, I'm really, I'm really, but not right now. Not this minute. Nope. I'm going to stay mad for a little while. I'm going to stay upset. I'm going to stay mad. Especially if it involves somebody else. If it involves another person. We frequently want to hang on to that anger against that person for a while. But question number four is when? Are you willing to do it now or are we going to wait a while? But when you put that question to your mind, it makes you confront the situation. It's really cool. This is a great process. It makes you confront, am I willing to let it go now? So those are the four questions that comprise the Sedona method. Step number five, I guess, if you will, is repeat the process. So if that emotion comes back up, I would carry these cards until you master them. I would write them down on a little little note card and carry them in your wallet or pocket or with you where you can just immediately kind of get yourself flexing the muscle and stop and ask the questions because that will give you the release. And if it is something that is prominent, you need to do it a couple of times, that's what we call subconscious mind programming. I mean, even though this is more conscious mind, but that's the whole idea is it's repetition that leads to these changes. Now, the second thing that I went back and visited was Byron Katie. Have you heard of Byron Katie? Byron Katie is a lady who started uh, this organization that's called The Work. So if you just search online, Byron Katie, B-Y-R-O-N-K-A-T-I-E, and it's called The Work. Byron Katie, The Work for Google would get you there. She formulated this response out of her own. It was her ticket out of her depression. See, so many of these great things, so many of these works that touch our lives come from people who capture and start to share with others what helped them. And that's why I was excited to do this podcast, because for me, I went to several years of counseling in those rough years, and it didn't help. I mean, it just didn't stick, and there were these other things that came about, and it's kind of a potpourri. So we talk about quite a few things here. And bringing them all together is something that I'm definitely working on. And we're going to work on some meditations that will help you as well. Some audio that you can listen to that will give you some of the best of all of these techniques. But ironically, in the work, Byron Katie asks four questions as well. She, first of all, has you do a what's called Judge Your Neighbor Worksheet. Now, this is a little tricky because... (laughs) Byron Katie, I saw her live at an event in Dallas at the Unity Church here several years ago. But uh, she's she's a little slippery now. She bring what she does, what happens with the work is it ultimately brings it back around 
to you. So what you realize by doing this is that it's not about what you're upset out there. You're dealing with something inside for you. It's a beautiful way to expose that. But you fill out this worksheet. It has six points on it that you go through that are helping you define clarity around the conflict that you're working on. So it's like, what what is it about the situation that angers or confuses or disappoints you and why? In this situation, how would you want them to change? What would you want them to do? What advice would you offer to the other person? In order for you to be happy in this situation, what would you need them to think, say, feel, or do? What do you think of them in this situation? So in other words, make a list of how you feel. And then what it is about this situation that you don't ever want to experience again. Okay, so you fill out that, and then you go to her four questions. And by the way, that worksheet, if you'd like to participate in this, is on the Internet. If you just type in Judge Your Neighbor Worksheet, pops right up, number one. And it also is from her website, so you've got the link to the website there as well, which is simply thework.com. Now, here are the four questions. Number one, is whatever it is that you're dealing with true? Is it true? Okay, now let's, <laughs> let's think about this from a matter of perspective. Is it true in that true is what? True is that this paper that I'm reading from is white. True is not what I interpreted my partner said to me last night in such and such a mood. Now, the truth might be he said this, blah, blah, blah. But the intention, we go for the intention. Well, he was trying to be mean to me. There's no integrity around this situation. You know, it's, it's, that's, those are the things that you can't define. So is it true? Is it clear cut, black and white? There's just nothing other than the doorbell is ringing. That's true. The doorbell is not ringing. That's true. You know, it's, it has to be that clear. And question number two takes it a step farther. Can you absolutely know? that it's true, yes or no. Absolute evidence. And you might need some coaching in this because honestly, if we try to answer these questions ourselves, we generally can be so caught up in it that we'll twist whether this thing really is true or not. And from our perspective, it is. But when you take a step back and say, can you absolutely know that it's true? No, you can't. And a lot of what we get upset about you can't ident- you, you would have to answer no to these two questions. We are so good at making stuff up. Question number three: How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? So whatever it is that you have identified as your issue, how do you react? What happens? What do you do? Does your body change? Do you say something? Do you uh, demonstrate your anger physically? What do you do? What happens when you truly believe that thought? And then, number four, what would you be without the thought? So let's say that the thought or the emotion was removed. What would you then be? Hmm, generally, back to my old self, happy, relieved. Then the next step in the process of the work, first is the worksheet, then the four questions. The last step is that you find the turnarounds. And the turnaround always involves you. And this is where Byron Katie was so darn fun to watch as she was working with people around this. Because here somebody would come up 
and just want to crucify their boyfriend. I mean, just, you know, just wanted to hang this guy out to dry because he's always talking trash to me. I think this was one example that I remember. It was something along the lines. This feisty young gal was just ready to crucify her boyfriend because he he didn't respect her and he was he was sassy to her and he and he had bad things to say about her. And what Byron Katie did in the turnaround phase so this gal was all upset about him, and it made her angry, and she wanted to, you know, throw things at him, and she uh, got upset with him. The, that was the that was her emotion. The turnaround was that she did not respect him, that she left her clothes all over the apartment and didn't pick up after herself, that she was always lashing out at him about his relationship with his mother. So in the turnaround, you always bring it back. To yourself. So as I worked through this with my doubt, fears, insecurities, etc., what I came back with in the turnaround was that I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust me. I didn't have confidence enough in myself that I could put together this plan and go out and into an area that I don't fully understand and put it together. And then I started to look back in my life at areas where I was successful. And where I did put plans and things together, and I looked for the common areas, and I realized I have every ability in the world to do this. In fact, I started to get excited about it. But doing Byron Katie's process of the work showed me that the real issue was not out there. The real issue was in here, and it was about me not having enough confidence in me. And then I just simply dealt with it of, like I said, I, I took my journal out, went back, found some evidence that I could convince my subconscious mind I could talk to Dreamweaver about and remind Dreamweaver that, yeah, we do have plenty of foundation to build on. And here are the next steps. This is what we need to do next. Let's get going. And that naturally shifted the emotion from angst and fear to excitement and adventure, looking forward to what's ahead. So resistance is, it's so natural. It's just built into us often that we want to resist change. We want to resist what the universe is trying to do for us. And when we set an intention, we're going to get tested in that area. So if you're brave and bold enough to set intentions, then you're going to have to be courageous enough to go through the challenge and use these tools, use these tools to lay down that resistance as quickly as you possibly can. I wanted to talk about one other thing today, and we're not going to have time, so we'll probably postpone it for a few days or into next week, and that is tapping. Hay House is promoting it really big right now, and if you're in, on any of their mailing lists, you probably have seen these things about the Tapping Expo, I believe is what they're calling it. And I've been following along on that, and there's some good material there as well. It, Like I said, these are all tools. They're all tools that can help you, and you'll gravitate to some of them, and they'll work for you really well. Others may not so much, but as long as you have a lot of tools in your toolbox, these are the ways that when these various situations of life, if you're trying to take your life to a higher level, you can deploy all of these and use them together and reprogram that subconscious mind, and then it will start pulling you in the direction of your life. There's one thing I would close, uh, say in closing here. There's a chapter in Levels of Energy, and it was also, it was actually the second half of the book Reality Creation Technique. Reality Creation Technique is a lot shorter book, and this was most of the second half of that book. 
and it's in levels of energy up around where we're talking about level 475 energy. Fred has a story in there about your life as an analogy of a river. You're floating down a river, and the river of your life will always take you to the destination that your soul wants to fulfill in this lifetime. But we often will paddle upstream, we'll paddle sideways, we'll jump out of the river and go try to find another river. We'll get lost in the woods while we're trying to find another river. We see alligators and we get concerned. We see big rocks and we focus on them and we think we're going to crash. It's a wonderful analogy and just rich with, if you're trying to track your path of your life where you are now, get the book or the audio book, either one, Reality Creation Technique or Levels of Energy, And go to that story about the river and listen to that again because it's totally refreshing and will help reset that perspective that really we don't have to resist so much at all. It's all good, and it's all trying to take us to the right place. So if you're at that point in your life, grab one of those tools, and it would be helpful to listen to it and just refresh that. And that's something I'm intending now that I locked onto it and listened to it again just today that it's something that I'm going to listen to over and over and over because I want that analogy just seared into my conscious mind so that I can call on it when I need it. Well, once again, it has been a delight being with you here on Subconscious Mind Mastery. We will be back again soon. Meanwhile, as always, enjoy the journey. I'm Thomas Miller. Thank you for listening. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.